welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 87. So today I'm returning to one of my favourite subjects, questions. I'm going to talk about open-ended questions, what they are, why they're important, and when you can use them. And we're going to explore how we can ask more of them too. Now, before that... Last week, I talked about the tricky subject of neutrality. We talked about the myth of the neutral museum facilitator and what I would recommend instead. So do go back and listen to episode 86 if you haven't yet. And as always, if you'd like to support this very show, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. And you can also help support this show and to reach more people by posting about it on your own social media accounts and also by sharing, liking and commenting on my social media feeds. Do recommend The Art Engager to all your friends too. Thank you for all the support. It really helps to keep this show going. So let's get on with today's show. So let's start right at the very beginning. What are open-ended questions? So as I said way back in episode four, as facilitators, we use two types of questions, open or open-ended questions and closed or close-ended questions. Both of these types produce their own answers and each type has disadvantages and advantages in their use. Now, an open-ended question is one that allows someone to give a free-form answer in their own words. Open-ended questions invite many possible answers and therefore they encourage and jumpstart discussion. Open-ended questions generally require longer, fuller and more meaningful answers. And these are answers that might originate from knowledge, from thoughts, feelings and experiences. Typically, they have no right or wrong or predictable answers. And you might often see words like think, would, could, might in open-ended questions too. Closed questions, on the other hand, are usually answers with one word or a short response, such as yes, no, or a single word or short phrase. So why are open-ended questions important? Well, first of all, open-ended questions open up conversations, dialogue and discussions. They encourage participation as they're not looking for predictable answers or are they looking for those recall answers, the recall of information that you might have mentioned earlier in your programme. So with open-ended questions, your participants can share and express their thinking. They can offer opinions, they can elaborate on details 
And these types of questions really give participants freedom, freedom to share their ideas, thoughts and feelings. Now, by asking lots of open-ended questions, you are signalling to your participants that you value their input and their thoughts and ideas. You're not testing them for their knowledge. You're genuinely interested in hearing what they have to say. And by asking your participants for what they have to say, you are in effect engaging them more fully. You are building rapport by actively engaging visitors in conversations and relating to them. So open-ended questions compel your participants to think more carefully about what they're going to say. They ask respondents to be creative, to come up with new ideas and to use their imagination. They might also ask your participants to problem solve or even to search for specific vocabulary that conveys their ideas. So in essence, they provoke much more complex answers than a simple yes or no. And this in turn benefits you as the facilitator. You get to know your audience better, you get to understand what they're curious about and you can then personalise the experience to fit in with where they're coming from. So open-ended questions allow you to make your programmes participant-centred. With open-ended questions, the control of the conversation or discussion switches from you, the person asking the question, to the person being asked the question. It starts an exchange. So in summary then, with open-ended questions, you'll find out more information and get a fuller explanation. And you'll also get to hear what the other person is thinking. The beauty of using open-ended questions is that as people reveal more about their thoughts, they give you more information about which you can come up with more questions. Now, there are some disadvantages too. It's not all rosy. So, for example, with open-ended questions, you might get too much information from your participants. They can sometimes produce long-winded, long, rambling answers. And open-ended questions may also frustrate participants who are eager to be told the answer. Now, as I said at the start, it's worth knowing the difference between open and closed questions so that you can ascertain when best to use them. Open-ended questions are quite often sometimes seen as the best type of question. There's bias towards them because they invite discussion and exploration of ideas. But there are also sometimes when a closed question is needed and works well too. So let's take a look at when to use open-ended questions. So use them anytime you want to start or open up a discussion with your group or when you want to stimulate or jumpstart a discussion. You might also want to use them when you are thinking about encouraging reflection or anytime you want your group to explore their thoughts, feelings and perspectives on a subject, an artwork or an object. Open-ended questions encourage divergent think thinking and this type of 
type of thinking, which is open, varied and detailed, helps us to understand art, history or whatever we're looking at in the museum. Open-ended questions are especially good at helping to explore the unknown. Now, you'll want to use closed questions at the start of your programme, perhaps to find out information about your group and also throughout your programme to check in with the group to see how they're doing. So anytime you need quick responses, facts or focused answers, you would want to use a closed question instead. But composing decent open-ended questions is a skill and a lifelong skill too. It's something you need to work on continually to improve. So how can you get better at asking open-ended questions and ask more of them in your programs? How can you make sure that you don't default to closed questions or recall questions? So here are some tips on how you can ask more open-ended questions. So the first bit of advice I have is pay attention. So when you're having any kind of conversation, uh, this could be in your everyday life, it doesn't have to be in a museum, just whenever you're having a conversation with someone, listen intently for the questions. Notice which ones are open and which ones are closed. Be on the lookout for them. So really notice when closed questions are used and when open questions are used. Perhaps notice also when you feel stopped in the conversation and you need to ask for more information. Then after you've paid attention to conversations in everyday life, start paying attention to the questions you ask in the museum when you're with groups. What kind of questions are you asking already? Do you navigate more easily to closed questions or open questions? Or is there an even spread of both? Beginning to pay attention to patterns will help you to learn how and when to ask open-ended questions. And this in turn will lead to you asking better open-ended questions more often. So after we've learned to pay attention, the second bit of advice is to practice. So get used to asking open-ended questions and practice using them. So get together with a colleague and practice questions back and forth with each other. So you can do this in the museum, standing at an artwork or an object, or you can use a thinking routine to structure it. Um, I suggest this in my Art of Questioning class. It's a great way for brainstorming questions together. Um, but you can also do this activity anywhere by trying this activity together. So grab a colleague or a friend and work in pairs. And you want one of you to think silently about your favourite film. Now, the other person is going to decide whether they want to see this film you're thinking about based on some questions. So there are two rounds. In the first round, you want to ask 10 yes or no, that's closed questions, about the film of your partner. So you can only ask questions in this round that can be answered with a yes or a no. 
In the second round, you're going to ask more questions about the film they're thinking about. But this time, compose 10 open-ended questions. And then after you've finished, think about whether you'd like to see the movie or not. What did it sound like? Was it appealing? But really, what type of question gave you the most information? Think about what questions worked well. And then think about what this tells you about open and closed questions. Maybe it tells you something about your own questioning technique. How easy was it for you to come up with 10 closed questions or 10 open-ended questions? So practice with a partner, with a colleague. Try one of these activities because it will really get you thinking about open-ended questions. So my third piece of advice is to learn how to transform any question into an open-ended one. Now, this is an activity that we do in my Art of Questioning class. I'll put a link in the show notes to this class. But in this class, we work on our questions and change closed ones into open-ended ones. So we learn what words and phrases can open up a question and turn it from closed to open so that we can have fuller, uh, more expansive, longer answers. Now, to, to do this, you really need to be crystal clear on the difference between open and closed questions. And then once you know this, this enables you to notice which questions are open and which are closed. And this then helps you to be able to transform and change them. So you can do this as a written exercise, but the more you transform your questions from closed to open, the more you'll be able to do this on the fly, improvising when you're with groups. You will learn instinctively how to transform any questions into an open-ended one. And finally, I'm going to share three quick hacks. So here are three quick ways you can ask more open-ended questions. The first one, if you ask a closed question, you can always follow it up with an open-ended one. So you could change the question stem and use words like what, why, or how instead. Secondly, you can turn any closed question into an open one by asking in what ways? at the end. And finally, you can use open-ended questions as follow-ups for other questions. So this can be done after closed questions or open questions, it doesn't matter. So for example, you can ask why or how if you want to get more information and follow-up after a closed question. Or if you just asked an open question, listen to the response and then follow up with another open-ended question. And this should relate or refer to what the speaker has just said. So these quick ways will help you to ask more open-ended questions and in turn help the conversation to keep flowing in an open and engaging way.
So we've done a deep dive on open-ended questions. We've explored what they are, why they are important, and when we can use them. And then we've looked at a number of ways we can ask more open-ended questions in our museum programs. So if you'd like to now do a deep dive with me on open-ended questions, then I recommend you take my recorded class, The Art of Questioning. Now, it's a 45-minute class, and it takes you step-by-step step through the process of improving your questioning technique. And I share with you a variety of tools and exercises to help you ask better questions. So in there, there's some simple yet powerful ways to generate, sort, and evaluate questions. You'll also learn how to structure sequence and reflect on your questions too. And I'll teach you some thinking routines and other techniques that you can take away and use regularly to work on this so valuable skill. I'll put a link in the show notes to the class. So that's it for today. I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you're interested in using thinking routines, don't forget to download my ultimate thinking routine list for 2023. There are now over 120 routines on the list and I'll add a link to the updated one in the show notes. Thanks for listening today. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bound. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.